Joy Silver joining us once again on Radio 111. One of the many things that Joy is active in dealing with right now in our community is dealing with this sheriff who makes me want to pull my hair out. You have to have basically been blind or had your head in the sand over the last few days. There's certainly been a whole lot of concern about this sheriff not being willing to uphold laws that were passed in this county or health directives in the county or in the state throughout the pandemic. Feeling like he has some sort of a right as an elected official himself to enforce the laws as he sees fit, not as the people who make the laws necessarily see fit. And this is one of the things that drives me nuts about Sheriff Chad Bianco, Joy, is that he is like our county's top lawman, and he is supposed to enforce the law. He is not supposed to decide which laws are good and which ones are bad or make the laws. That is up to legislators. And if he wants to be involved in that process, just as he ran for sheriff in Riverside County a few years ago, He can run for state office. You did it a couple of times. Everybody who wants to pursue that can, but I don't think he's going to get the same kind of support at the polls that he received three years ago when he is up for re-election next year. Why is it that you are banded together with an organization called Bianco Must Go? Well, you've kind of outlined a couple of reasons why he must go, John, and thank you for having me here today to talk about this. Um, The issue that you just brought up, that Chad could run for an elected position in the state legislature, and certainly we heard that he wanted to run for governor at one point in time, But you have to remember that there's the constitutional sheriffs across the country that believe that the ultimate force, the ultimate power in making sure that America stays safe is that the courageous sheriffs are the last word in the law across the country. So they don't have the same belief system that you just outlined. They believe that all power sits at that local level with the constitutional sheriffs. And that is what we're watching now. We're watching this particular constitutional sheriff not only be activated, but actually let us know that with no doubts, in total blank and white, this is who he is. There's no hiding it. Well, whether you read the local Desert Sun accounts of what's going on or you've seen it elsewhere in uh, the San Bernardino Sun or in the the Los Angeles Times has done a piece recently uh, on uh, Sheriff Bianco. We are learning over this past few days that he was also a dues-paying member of an organization called the Oath Keepers. And if you ask me, the Oath Keepers, knowing what their history is and who they're comprised of, is nothing but another seditionist organization. Well, and that's so true because many of the Oath Keepers are the ones that were at the insurrection, and certainly we saw Oath Keepers in Charlottesville back in that point in time. And this is an American militia movement, which I call domestic terrorism. I don't think you would be disagreeing there because that's what we're seeing now. When they believe that not only are Oath Keepers part of the constitutional sheriffs, but the person who organized it, Robert Mack, Sheriff Mack, as he likes to be called, he also sits on the board of the Earth Ke- of the Oath Keepers. So he's an Oath Keeper, and he's the constitutional sheriff organizer for uh, across this country. So Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, that's what they call themselves. So they are all connected to that. Add in the fact that the three percenters are part of this, 
and the three percenters, and that uh, Pastor Tim, who is a chaplain for the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, is a three percenter. So he was interviewing Bianco on January 6th while members of his congregation were storming the Capitol. Unbelievable. You know, I made a point earlier today when I responded to one person who had written into the Desert Sun. They have a story uh, that is headlined, Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco paid for a year-long membership with Oath Keepers in 2014, and you can check that out. If you've not already seen it, you can read that at desertsun.com, and we remind you that if you don't have a subscription yet right now, you can get a great deal on an offer that they're offering six months of digital subscription for $1 when you use the code W-PG at desertsun.com slash subscribe. And one of the things I can't help myself, Joy, that I end up doing when I see these stories like this that just make my skin want to crawl is I go in and I check out the letters oh. that follow it, you know, the the comments the that are made uh, right. to the stories because that's where you usually get an opportunity to see who's really, you know, a freedom fighter and who's really dangerous in our communities. The people who are willing to then speak up once they've read the story and and made decisions for themselves. And there was a person who wrote in uh, in response to a op-ed that was written in the newspaper that was entitled Most in Riverside County Support Sheriff Chad Bianco. And this person who wrote this said that he was writing about the Riverside County Sheriff Patrol Cars motto, Service Above Self. And as a citizen of the county and a 22-year reader of the Desert Sun, I've chosen to speak out for the first time and express the majority of our community's support for the department and Sheriff Chad Bianco, who won election in 2018 by 92,000 votes. I couldn't help myself. I responded, Mr. Shanahan, that was the writer's name, uh, do not presume to speak for the quote-unquote majority of voters in the Coachella Valley. Sheriffs tend to be unknowns in every county in the United States. The sheriff has fortunately raised his profile uh, enough to be soundly defeated in any future election. Sheriff Bianco is not a law enforcer. He is a seditious lawbreaker, and for the record, he only secured slightly over 300,000 votes in a county with 1.4 million registered voters. That's hardly a mandate. And that's one of the things I want to remind people. People think that he came in because he beat Sheriff Sniff by a large margin. There's not an awful lot of difference between the two of them, quite frankly. And part of the problem is, okay, so let's get rid of Sheriff Bianco. And let's say you guys have a successful campaign of Bianco must go. But what's the solution? Because I don't see an awful lot of people in law enforcement that we have to step up and to take that role and not be just as bad as the last. Well, what Bianco must go is hoping to do is show support for those who are retired from the police force or the sheriff's or the sheriff's offices that will step out and feel like we have their back, we have the money, and we can win this one. And that's part of what Bianco Must Go is about, okay. to, fight, to help shake out those candidates who know what it would mean 
if they're still in those departments, what that might look like if they had to run against somebody that was their erstwhile boss, so to speak. So that's what we're hoping to show. That candidate, that kind of support that they know that people people are out there and they want to create this change. And I, I want to talk a little bit just about what's happening in Los Angeles County because they also had a similar situation where they had Villanueva who ran as a change person and then he ended up being exactly a constitutional sheriff. And now we have, believe it or not, a Sheriff Rambo, that's R-H-A-M-B-O, who's <laughs> running against him. Lord. Yeah, I know, right? That's the man's name. But um, this is the same situation with Stan Sniff. People voted for Chad not because they thought Chad was so fabulous, but because they felt like they were going to vote for a change. But I don't think they realized who he was. And if we look into his history, we will see just by the church that he's associated with, we will know where he stands. What I wish we could do is I wish that we could have a top law enforcement official who actually had to answer to the Board of Supervisors or to the CEO of the county rather than be in office thinking I'm the king of all kings until four years from now when the voters get to decide again. Well, that, that and that's why we need to talk about what a constitutional sheriff is and how we get an oversight board established. The two things that make a constitutional sheriff a constitutional sheriff is that they claim to be supporting, and it always ends up only being about the Second Amendment for some reason, because the Second Amendment, in their mind, protects the First Amendment. So therefore, they are going to decide to defend the Constitution, i.e. what they take out of it, as law. That's one thing that makes them a constitutional sheriff. And in California, the constitutional sheriff position is enshrined in the Constitution itself. We're talking with Joyce Silver this afternoon about the Bianco Must Go campaign. You were educating us on the issue of constitutional sheriffs and the power that they have and how we can change that. Right. Well, first of all, here in Riverside County, what's unusual about Riverside County, and this isn't true in every county in California, is that the position of coroner and sheriff are the same position. And what does that mean? That means the coroner decides whether a death is an accident or a homicide. So that kind of power, we can separate. The governor of our state signed a piece of legislation that authorizes the county supervisors all across, all across California to establish an office of the inspector general. It didn't mandate it, but it authorized it. So if we have the right people in place in the county supervisor's offices, they can turn around and make that happen. Now, Chad Bianco said he would be open to having a civilian oversight board as long as he got to pick who's on the board. Oh, please. This is absolutely true. And you can name all of the things that he's done from... How Trumpian of him. Well, this is exactly it. So so what is it that they believe? They believe in... They oppose universal background checks. They only really believe in the Second Amendment and indeed want to create what they call sanctuary Second Amendment states. They're anti-immigration and they believe that the office of the county sheriff is the last hope in protecting the rights of their citizens. Now, the other piece of important information is to understand that they are Christian fundamentalists. And as we know, Christian fundamentalists do not believe in same-sex marriage. Um, They have a very set standard of beliefs, and that includes that everyone should believe as they do. And there's there's two instances where we see that, both in the chaplain that I was talking about earlier, 
And we also see that in uh, the the church that Chad Bianco belongs to, which is Sandals Church in the city of Riverside. Mm. And both of them are Christian fundamentalist churches. So, in fact, Pastor Tim Thompson is the founding pastor of a church called 412 Church Marietta. And they believe in a literal heaven and a literal hell. So this is very much the way they believe across the country. And I know we keep going back to this idea of like the federal government should be able to stop some of these things. The, the problem there is that what they believe, and it's pretty much true, is that government really takes place on that local level. These groups, the three percenters, the, earth, the oath keepers, all of these organizations are basically believe in arming citizens to become the law. And this goes, and this is the same thing that Mussolini had in the black shirts, which later on Hitler made the brown shirts, but then got rid of the brown shirts because they were still citizens, and then he established the SS, so the Gestapo. So these are the things that we've seen in history before, and we are in danger on a very local level of this. And so that's why Bianco Must Go is advocating, let's get together and let's get this guy out. Because unless you put something in place, we're, we are under uh, potential militia attack. We're under militia attack. And so there's two things that are really frightening besides, well, the one thing was the coroner and the fact they had the coroner. But the second thing is that that county sheriff has the ability to deputize anybody, any amount of people, if he thinks that there's a law that he needs help in maintaining. He can arm and deputize citizens. And that is called a militia. Can the governor remove him? No. The governor can't remove him because in the Constitution of the California uh, Constitution, it's an elected position. A lot of people say we should recall him. Well, we just need to get him out of there because recall, as we know, costs a lot of time and a lot of money. I am curious then in that set of circumstances, if we're not recalling him, clearly he's not going to go on his own. He doesn't have any intention of stepping down. And even with this black eye, that he's being cagey about regarding his association with the Oath Keepers, where he's like, I didn't even remember uh, doing that, but yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times do we have to hear, uh, did, did they not teach this guy at Sunday school when he was a kid that lying is a sin? Mm. Because he does it as frequently as Donald Trump used to. But fundamentalism doesn't require you to tell the truth. Fundamentalism only requires that you seek God and God's love through Jesus. It doesn't really matter. what You can't do things that will change that. You see what I'm saying? So that doesn't matter. And this is something I never really got until I started to get deep into what Christian fundamentalists and what the churches, these particular churches, advocate. And that's why they can lie, they can do things, because it doesn't matter. And by the way, for those who may think otherwise, we are not targeting Christianity as a whole. We're talking about fundamentalism specifically. And and there are obviously in many different religions, uh, different sects within them that go to some pretty wicked extremes. This is one of them. And to know that our sheriff is, in fact, one of them is just beyond the pale. Any fundamentalist religion has the same basis. We're talking about Sheriff Chad Bianco and the organization that they have formed called Bianco Must Go. 
You can find us on BiancoMustGo.com, actually, if you want to see what we're up to and join our team to move things forward in this regards to get rid of this particular sheriff. You know, sheriffs helped lead this insurrection, and I think what's important is that we have to understand they play play a key role in the right-wing white supremacist movements. Uh, 90% of American sheriffs are white men. I say 90%. And in recent years, they've become even more strongly affiliated with the white supremacist groups. They will not enforce laws they deem unconstitutional, like the COVID-19 public health orders or gun laws. In fact, the um, Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association uh, has, he was the guy, Robert Mack, he stood up against the, um, uh, the Brady Bill. And he actually won that, believe it or not. They decided that the parts, uh, key parts of the Brady gun bill were unconstitutional. He was also out there with Cliven Bund. Cliven Bunden, right? Cliven Bund. The one from Nevada. Yes, the one from Nevada. He was the one who organized the effort against the government so that he couldn't just take his cattle and let them roam all over federal lands, the federal lands that belong to everyone, not just him. Right. And so um, this influence has only grown since the pandemic began and began. And when a mask became affiliated with progressive liberals and a bare face was really the sign of uh, Trump support. That's scary. It's scary. I mean, the threat to democracy is the core belief, right, that law enforcement's held by the sheriff supersede any agent, officer, elected official or employee from any level of government when in the jurisdiction of the county. So how do we change it? How do we change it? Well, first, you know, I think we have to do it in a very measured way. Um, We have to uh, decide to get uh, move him out of that position. We have to make sure our supervisors are going to be the kind of supervisors that are going to vote for oversight. We have to then take it to the California constitutional level and decide that this position is not enshrined in the California Constitution. That's a that's a long-range plan. And that has to be dealt with with the California State Supreme Court, I presume? That would ha- We would have to go through, and, and maybe it becomes a ballot measure. I mean, I, I'm not up to that part yet, but yeah. I think the strategically speaking, we have to end that kind of power within the Constitution. The thing is... It sounds like a whole nother Prop 8 type of fight. Yeah, well, there's no power to the people in this situation, okay? Because the sheriffs are elected and voters have little power over them. In L.A. County that tried to limit the terms of the then Sheriff Baca, who sued and won because voters cannot limit the sheriff's terms in office. Not so he sheriff. can just stay as long as he wants? He Sheriff Baca was the one who won that, so he can keep on running. They can't limit the terms. The people cannot. Oh, I see. So no term limits. So he can't. It can't just be limited, say, to two four-year terms. Right. Well, he could. Right. He could still run. In other words, yeah. as long as he wanted to run. So, and this is the other piece of this. Remember now. They determine who gets the concealed weapons permits, and we know that from three thousand concealed weapons permits had gone up to 9,000, and I'm sure it's past that point now. Under Sheriff Bianco. Under Sheriff Bianco. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So who is this guy? I I did want to get back to the Christian fundamentalist piece of this, though. I mean, (laughs) women should be particularly uh, incensed about this because women must, and these are the words that are used, must subjugate herself to her husband's rule. 
This is part of the fundamentalist belief. Can you excuse me while I, <laughs> I run down the hall and, and vomit? And <laughs> I, this, this is outrageous. I strongly oppose any homosexual activities, certainly uh, marriages between a woman and a man, and all sex outside of marriage is considered, you know, this is reprehensible reprehensible yeah. yeah the other thing i think uh, and i think we've heard this kind of language and this goes back to your trumpian description i and i alone i and i alone said uh, bianco uh, it's not your job when they wanted to have a review of the sheriff's department policies re- uh, regarding the use of force he defied the review calling it politically motivated and he said it's not your job to tell me what to do. He ultimately stated he would form that advisory council, but he alone would decide who should participate into that advisory council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How in his own right mind? I mean, he doesn't have one, but how could he even think that that is constitutional and, and to the benefit of we the people? They, uh, well... See, and I think that I think this is where we make our large, our big mistake. We keep thinking that how could these people be thinking right? But it isn't about thinking. It's a belief system. And that's where they're very smart. I mean, people just because they have a different faith and a different belief doesn't mean they're not smart. It just belie- it just means they don't have the same values that you do. Mm-hmm. And so that we cannot make the mistake of saying they, they must be dumb or stupid because they think a certain way. Well, I'm not going to say he's... Um, I'm not going to say he's dumb. I think he's one but not the other. I think he's stupid. I don't think he's dumb. I, I think he is very maniacal and thoughtful in his actions and has a idea, a means to an end, and that he thinks he's going to pull that off. But... We, the people, are stupid if we sit back and just let this happen. And so we need to get involved. Again, the website for your organization is biancomustgo.com, and there people can sign up to be alerted as to different calls to action and ways to get involved in this movement. Obviously, this is going to be, I think, a major doorbelling campaign at the minimum. Yeah, and it's also about getting out the vote because um, in Riverside County, the Dems now surpass the Republican voting by 3.2%. So that means it is winnable, but you have to vote. And so that's where that's where we have to really do our work. You can, only, you can facilitate the recall, you can approve a ballot measure, establishing an oversight boor, board, and you, and you could revise the state constitution. But the first thing to keep us safe is to... Bianco must go. Right. That's our first that's our first thing that we have to accomplish because we're not safe. Any indication of candidate or candidates who may be in your sights to boost up and to give some uh, extra help towards running against him? There are uh, candidates being considered, but I think that the candidates that w- are considering and are under consideration have to see that there's some strength in what we have to bring to them, because uh, what, some, what some will bring them over the top in believing that money? You have to have a, you have to have the money to be able to back them up, and you have to have the force to be able to get out there and get the vote out. Because remember, constitutional sheriffs are organized across the country. Right. You know, I imagine they're helping one another. That's right. That's right. Because they established long ago, and 
and going back to um, the strategy, people on the right knew long ago that the power was sitting in the local elections. They worked on water boards. They yeah. worked at the TV. School boards They, and they took such. over school boards. That's right. So they knew. They had, been, they had the long-term planning on this one. They were playing a long game. While we're still fighting it out on the, you know, the president and state senators, and I'm not saying they're not important, but that's not who you're dealing with every day. And so right. they were playing the long game, and that's where I think we lost, a, we lost some time. So now we're we're feverishly now, I, I know that working to pick that up. Earlier this week, you had a candidate for state senate in Kentucky on your program, I and did. even though we're a very localized, locally focused uh, station here, I think that there is an important message to tell people that we need to look for candidates like the one who you had on the program. That's right, that was Paula Be- Setzer. Right, because. These people and helping them get in at these key levels, even on statewide, county, local city elections, where they have the ability to start blocking some of these nonsensical people from getting on and creating the kind of political dynasty that we don't want and that tears the fabric of America apart rather than, you know, continues to build on the good stuff in our history that we've got to support those people across the nation, not just here locally. So I go to the website, I sign up. What am I likely to see and and how can I help you in the short term? Well, of course, we can always use contributions, uh, but we also need people who are willing to help us get the message out, both on social media and other ways. And certainly we are going to be having um, uh, house parties where we're doing a lot of education on exactly what we're talking about today so that people see that it's not just about Chad Bianco. And a lot of people... A lot of people are under the impression, although I think with what's happening right now between Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters, that people are realizing this is way, way bigger than Chad Bianco. In fact, he is only one of what's a greater problem in the country right now. So that kind of education brings people to the awareness that this is where we have to take a stand before it's too late. It surprises me that I have to be 58 years old before getting really educated on this thing that is a big thing when you look at our law enforcement community but there but it hadn't been as big a problem and let's let's look at a little bit about the history i mean we always know that there was the kkk and we've known about the john birch society and you know other right and then the militias with uh, what happened in georgia with blowing up the building timothy mcveigh and and that kind of thing but this particular issue really gained a lot more strength when after obama became president Mm. And so this this is where this is where we saw the advent of the three percenters and the three percenters were are heavily armed. They became the guards of the white supremacist, for example, Unite the Right in uh, the rally in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. They were photographed in their military combat gear. I and presume they're also the kind of people that pulled those shenanigans with the with Governor Granholm in Michigan. That's and right. The plot to also, um, take the, her. Uh, I think it, it either was the Oath Keepers or the Three Percenters. I think it was the Three Percenters that were ha- hanging in effigy the governor of Kentucky, Bashir. Mm. And yeah. so that was the, that was also the Three Percenters. And the Three Percenters were, be, you know, when they their inception was uh, it, the movement was co-founded by a guy named Mike Brian Vanderbilt, and he was from Alabama, and he was a member of the Oath Keepers. So the connections are very obvious. Uh, we do know that one of the three percenters is the chaplain 
for the Riverside County Sheriff. So we know there's that connection. We know now that Chad was on is and or was a member of the Oath Keepers. Whether or not he is a card-carrying member, dues-paying member today, really doesn't matter. Nope. Because he espouses. He's been part of it. He's been part of it, and he espouses the same values that the Oath Keepers do. And so the goals of the Three Percenters is always about protecting the right to keep and bear arms and to push back against what they call tyranny. And they oppose federal involvement in what they consider local affairs. That gets back to your earlier question. Uh, would they stand up against the feds? Well, we know that they do, They do, and they will. And they state in the bylaws that county sheriffs are the supreme law of the land. America militia movements, that's the three percenters, and they say that only 3% of American colonists fought the British. So even though we know that's quite underestimated, that's where they got this idea of being a three percenter. So how do we fight back? We fight back by electing a sheriff that has values that are similar to the values of all of us, not just some of us. Right. So you can check us out on www.biancomusco.com. And that's where you can also contribute. You can contribute. And and they need that money to help to attract a candidate who knows that we can lift them up and get them over the finish line come next election cycle, which is next fall. June 7th. 2022. Oh, is it in June? Yes, it is. Okay. So we got to work fast. That's not just attract, but assure them yeah. that we're going to help carry them over the line. Let's get it together, folks. I've written a check. I hope you will, too. Thank you. Again, it's biancomustgo.com. Joy, we'll see you on Monday. Thank yeah. you for coming in today. Thank you so much.